What's up, everyone? We're back for, I don't know, maybe this qualifies as an emergency podcast. Wes Matthews <laughs> is back. Wes Matthews is back in Milwaukee. We've got weekend roster movement. I missed one podcast during the week, and I say, well, we're going to catch up. We've already had the podcast with Lisa Byington, but now we need to do an emergency podcast. There is roster moves. We need to break it down. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. I'm your host, Dan Pippen. You can see and hear me on this show daily and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me is the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, who, uh, look at him. Look at the background. This man this man is in the office right now. It's Friday I got night. green. I got green, though, so it works. But it's not quite Bucks green, is it? No, no. It's, nah, not quite it's a, little, a little too light for that. But, yeah. but anyway, the, the point is Frank's pulling double duty on a Friday night. What a man. What a guy. Uh, we are here to podcast about the Bucks making some roster moves. As always, we thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen of every single day. And I want to commiserate with our Greek friends. First of all, Yorgos Kalatzakis has been waived, and the reason I say that is I've been there before, guys. I, listen, when you you've uh, been you've been waived by the Milwaukee Bucks as well, so you know what you know what he's feeling right now. I've been waived by the Milwaukee Bucks. There's no doubt about that. But I was in Milwaukee when Dally got traded, when Thon Maker got traded. So when you are from a, an international country, you just want these guys to do well. You want them to succeed. And when they're playing for the Bucs, it's obviously an added uh, piece of fun. So I mean that seriously. There'd probably be um, some Greek fans that wish that uh, things worked out differently. But Wes Matthews is back. These roster tr- or these transactions were announced uh, in very quick succession, which obviously makes sense. But Frank, what were you thinking as this went down? Well, I saw the Shams tweeted out the news that that Yorgos was being waived, and my first reaction was, "Okay, you know, free up the open roster, you know, free up an open right. roster yeah. spot again, get you back to the point where you were pre-boogie uh, signing, so you've got 14 guys and you can add another one." I, I didn't necessarily expect that they were immediately going to add um, another player, uh, but I mean, look, Yorgos, I, I had to double check; he he was basically half guaranteed this year, 462,000. Um, so. Look, I mean, I think most of us didn't really understand from a basketball perspective, like what he was doing with uh, an NBA roster spot at this point. Um, you know, we've talked about sort of the incongruity between, you know, Mamu being on a two-way and and Yorgos having uh, a proper NBA roster spot. Technically, because uh, Yorgos was bought out, he, you know, he was not eligible for a two-way spot. But even so, it's just, you know, he was not a guy that was on really anybody's, or at least, you know, when you talk to draft people, he wasn't really a guy that seemed to be on anybody's radar as, a, as far as being an NBA draft pick. Um, obviously, there's the connections with Giannis's agent and all that stuff. So uh, he, was, he wasn't going to play, Frank. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't going to play this year. Exactly. He wasn't going to play this year. He wasn't going to contribute. You know, maybe there's some version of the world where eventually he could have been some fringe player. But um, obviously, he's not going to help you win an NBA championship this year. And, you know, on a roster where you now have obviously Brooke Lopez lost to long-term injury, we'll see, fingers crossed, you know, when he might be able to come back later this year. Dante obviously is still a ways out. Um, 
And then, you know, you look at the other wings, which I think leads into the discussion of Wes Matthews return. You know, look at the other guys who are nominally in that wing rotation right now. Shemi Ojale, you know, had been sort of the nominal hope of being the, uh, you know, Shemi, uh, I was going to say semi <laughs> replacement for uh, PJ Tucker, but, you know, pun, pun not intended. Um, he's obviously has been, let's say, inconsistent to say the least, and now is out for probably a couple more weeks. And then Rodney Hood and Jordan Wara are, you know, having a fight over the keys to, to Bud's doghouse, it seems, with just the way that they've been been really struggling to, to kind of make an impact. So, um, I, you know, I, I think I think to me it makes sense. I mean, we were talking about it beforehand, you know, like as a Bucks fan who wants to see them try to make a title run, um, how do I feel about swapping Yorgos for uh, Wes Matthews? You know, and again, Wes was not on an NBA roster. He's 35 years old. Um, he obviously didn't have a great year with the Lakers last year. There are reasons why he was not employed currently, but, you know, in the grand scheme of does this give the Bucks, you know, a better chance of being competitive this season? I would say yes, happily take it um, from that perspective. So um, obviously now the big question is, you know, what is Wes Matthews, what does Wes, Matt, Wes Matthews have left? <laughs> goodness. And yeah, I know. And how does that fit into what the Bucks do the rest of the season? Um, you know, I think some of the same, probably some of the same things that we've said about Boogie um, apply to Wes. Big difference being that there's obviously not, um, you know, a huge hole uh, on the wing in the same way that there is at center right now. Um, but uh, I think he absolutely has a chance to to win some some rotation minutes just because we're seeing Bud's playing eight eight guys, nine guys uh, each night. And he's obviously, you know, not getting a whole lot of production from some of those backup wings. And um, to me, the most interesting thing about Wes, and we saw it when he was here last time, he's a really physical and and, and versatile wing defender. And and they really don't have guys um, at the wing, short of like Giannis, um, who can kind of cope with more physical kind of power wings, right? I mean, we've seen the way Wes would be the guy that would defend uh, Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, uh, even LeBron, and and again. He has limitations um, and he's get, gotten older since we last saw him do that. But um, he has a physicality and a toughness that, you know, again, as much as a guy like Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen, they are better NBA players than than uh, Wes Matthews for sure. But Wes Matthews is a different type of player. And I think the question is, does adding that type of physical wing, does that give you a dimension? Does that let you do some things um, in, in terms of two-way play, especially I think defensively that, that maybe you couldn't with the way the roster was previously constructed. I'm just, as you were, as you were saying that I'm trying to scroll through, I can't find this DM. I mentioned this to you uh, before we started recording. There is a, a Bucks fan. I, I assume a listener of the show, but if they are, please reach out and, and remind me uh, who it was. Cause I can't find this DM, but going back a couple of weeks ago, I had a DM saying, what do you think about Wes Matthews? What's Wes Matthews up, up to? And, I think I responded something along the lines of, I literally haven't heard anything about him. He looked not great last year in LA. Um, is he is he done? I, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I think the point that you made, like ultimately, if you're looking at this and saying, well, okay, well, Yorgos was literally never going to play. And now you get a guy that only 18 months ago, roughly 18 months ago, we were on this podcast wondering, why the hell isn't Wes Matthews playing minutes in the playoffs? So to me, when I look at Wes, and you spoke about some of the defensive jobs that he had, 
it was so soon between that season and the, the next season starting with LA that it's like, okay, was this situational? Has this guy still got some some gas left in the tank? We'll see. I, I don't know. But I think we've spoken at length about what Giannis can do for a guy like that, particularly on the offensive end. Stand out there, knock down those threes. You can pull the bow and arrow out. I'm looking forward to seeing that celebration again. There's no doubt about that. I'm also looking forward to seeing uh, this tag team duo reuniting Giannis and Wes Matthews in one of the coolest photos of all time with the tag team championship belts as we've got up here on the screen. But when we think back to that postseason series against Miami and part of the problem was that once Giannis was injured and, and the Bucks offense was completely bogged down, Wes isn't a guy that's going to give you any offensive versatility, but that wasn't his value to the team. So when you look at the the guys that they have on the roster now, and Pat can do more, he can put the ball on the floor and he's scoring more at the rim. You've got Grayson Allen out there. It it does at least say, uh, you know, pike my curiosity to see how he can fit in some of these lineups if he is a guy that you can use as a defensive player that can guard anywhere from, from two right up to, to four. And most importantly, unlike the last time he was in a Bucks uniform, you have Drew Holiday instead of Eric Bledsoe, right? Yeah, well, which yes, was, yes. Which was obviously, you know, the really shone a light on on Wes's limitations when he wasn't just doing kind of cat and sh- catch and shoot threes. Um, so, so yeah, I, and we were talking about it before the pod. I mean, to me, I think I think they're the Bucks right now. It's sort of this collective, this sort of crossroads where they have this sort of broad challenge where you think about. How do they win an NBA championship? Well, to me, a, a big part of the story was, I mean, putting aside like Giannis being incredible and Middleton hitting clutch shots and all that, they had the best defense of any team in last year's playoffs. That is how really, to me, they they won that championship. And to me, they had a really important combination in that they could play very big. You know, you've got Brooke, you've got Giannis, and you also have like Drew Holiday and PJ Tucker who play big and physical for the positions that they guard. And so they could play very big and physical and beat you up on both sides. You know, the rebounding was a huge part of the story last year. But then with PJ, he was a really critical piece because obviously you could put Giannis at the five, you put PJ out there at, you know, call it the four, but, you know, sometimes he's guarding Devin Booker or whatever it is, you know, not necessarily always guarding fours, but, you know, you had PJ and then you had obviously the rest of the kind of core guys, you know, Pat was often obviously a key part, Drew and Chris goes without saying, um, but you were able to play small, right, with Giannis at the five, quote unquote small. But you didn't really give up the, the uh, as much physicality as normally you would. You basically gained a lot of like switchability and malleability, but you didn't really lose um, the physicality and our ability to kind of hold your own on the glass. And I think that's really when I think about the Bucks. You know, when it, what worries me right now about the Bucks more broadly. And again, not to say Wes Matthews or DeMarcus Cousins solve these problems, but I think that's kind of the point of, of where I'm at when I look at this team. You take Brooke out of the equation, well, then suddenly you can't be that monster team that just crushes you on the boards and takes away everything at the rim. Giannis can paper over, paper over a lot, but he can't get you to you know the heights of, of what they're capable of with Brooke Lopez. Likewise, P.J. Tucker has been out of the equation, obviously, since, the, since training camp when he left um, to go to Miami. And so... That's an, another important piece where, you know, I think the thesis has been more about, well, we're going to lean more into offense. You know, if Grayson Allen and Dante DiVincenzo are out there taking PJ Tucker's minutes, yes, you're not going to be as suffocating defensively, but you're going to have a whole lot more skill offensively and maybe make it up for it that way. But 
I think there's still the question of, you know, certain matchups. Do you have enough size physicality, especially on the wing to be able to play some of those different lineups? And so the thing that really, you know, aside from just, you know, the possibility of obviously not having Brooke for a lot of the regular season and potentially the playoffs, that's obviously <laughs> you worry about that just because of what he means to your team. But it also kind of worried me because I started thinking like, well, geez, I thought the Bucks' big problem was just that they had to solve for kind of the PJ replacement and what is sort of the, the small lineup, you know, do they find a rhythm in a different sort of configuration, which again, they could, they don't necessarily need an exact PJ Tucker clone. Um, but now it's like, Oh, now you don't have Brooke either. Okay. Hopefully Brooke comes back. But if you don't, then, you know, is your trade deadline trying to figure out a Brooke Lopez re uh, replacement, right? Trying to figure out, you know, replacements for Brooke Lopez and PJ Tucker. That's a whole lot. And, and again, that's, that's the thing that kind of would have scared me the most. So um, neither DeMarcus Cousins nor Wes Matthews are obviously filling, you know, those gaps that the Bucks have right now with Brooke uh, injured and, and PJ gone. But I do think, you know, from like a rotation perspective, it's a huge opportunity for both those guys to prove that they can still play at a rotation caliber level in the NBA. Um, and again, it would make me a bit nervous, like the idea that now those guys are going to be need to be rotation uh, players in the playoffs, just from what we've seen, especially Boogie previously in last year's playoffs. But, you know, we'll wait and see. I think Brooke, you obviously just hope he comes back later in the regular season, and at least that part gets solved for you. Um, but I think Wes is really interesting because, again, with the fact that kind of that, you know, non-Pat Connaughton wing off the bench, like had, nobody has distinguished themselves, um, I think there is an opportunity for Wes to kind of come in and be a guy that can eat innings, especially when you're playing those really kind of, you know, tough sort of power wing type guys that, you know, again, maybe a bit challenging for someone like, like Pat to play against. And again, um, Pat doesn't, I, I would say Pat doesn't, or, or West doesn't scale up to defend like fours and fives the way like a PJ Tucker can. That's what makes PJ really unique in that. Like he literally can guard one through five pretty competently. West isn't quite that. Um, but I mean, we've seen him like in his year with the bucks, um, you know, the years before that people would talk about him being washed and, you know, he didn't really have it anymore came to Milwaukee. I mean, he was part, I mean, he was a very non-trivial part of that defense being the best it's been in the butt area. They were incredible with him on the floor defensively when he was there. And, you know, I don't, again, I'm not saying they, they regressed last year just because Wes Matthews left, but I do think there's something hopefully that he might still be able to bring provided he's close to the guy that he was the last time we saw him in the wall. Well, I can wrap my head around the idea of why this signing makes sense for the reason that you just pointed to. If he has something left in the tank, and it's a big if, but we spoke about the fact he was defending Kawhi, he was defending LeBron, he was the guy. And what that does, and we saw this last year, and it's not disrespecting what PJ Tucker did, he was absolutely fantastic, uh, particularly in that series against Brooklyn. But Kevin Durant was still scoring 45 points a night. But what it did allow you to do was Chris Middleton didn't have to defend him. And they were looking for that guy. And it's not that – so if Wes has something in the tank, you can probably assume if he was still around and they were in that series, he would be the guy getting that role. And then you don't have to worry about Chris doing that. We spoke about Pat doing it in stretches as well. So anyway, that's – you know, congratulations to Wes. If you've got anything left in the tank, you've signed yourself up for the Kevin Durant uh, assignment. So congrats, <laughs> congratulations for that, Wes. I guess the other question that came through on Twitter, Frank, that's worth at least bringing it up, and it's speculative at the moment. There's no doubt about that. But there are a bunch of guys that you sort of mentioned to that are kind of just not really in the rotation, haven't 
necessarily impressed to start the season. And of course, there's a guy like Dante who's been a huge part in the past, but we don't really know when he's coming back either. So when you talk about the fact that the Bucks still need uh, probably a big, or they would like to, to have a big if DeMarcus Cousins, depending on what happens there, the guy everyone keeps asking about is Robin Lopez, who I believe his contract is around $5 million. Uh, this was one of the things that we spoke about the other day. It's it's never good to go in for back surgery, but as far as the Bucks season projects going forward, having two months before the trade deadline is nice to see what you got in Boogie, see what you got in West Matthews. Is Dante going to come back to return? It gives you a little bit of a, a breathing space here to work some thing out, things out before the trade deadline. And you mentioned a bunch of guys that theoretically would have some value around the league, particularly potentially to a team like Orlando that does want some young players and they're, they're trying to build something there. If this works out, does this change anything in your mind in, in in regards to potential trade scenarios, packages, what you could do to get a guy, for example, like Robin? Let's be honest. They're bringing the band back together. They got George Hill. They got Wes. Robin, come on down. Yeah, Ursan, you know, uh, honorary assistant yeah, coach yeah. or something. Um, where, where's DJ Wilson these days? I don't think DJ Wilson is, is not an, on a roster spot, right? So, so yeah, we can we can play the whole like get the band back together thing. I will say too. I mean, I try not to be overly sentimental about this stuff, but um, as a Bucks fan who really, I mean, look the 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 first couple years of the Bud era, that was by far the best regular season basketball I've ever seen as a Bucks fan. And, you know, it was a really likable group. You know, you talk about joke about Wes and the, you know, pregame wrestling and all that kind of stuff. I mean, those are really fun teams. I think Wes is generally a likable guy. I mean, he's he's from the state of Wisconsin, right? There was always that kind of local angle. Um, Marquette guy that, you know, always sort of just added an extra likability factor to him. Marquette and Wisconsin, I think, are playing maybe tonight. Oh. I, have, I don't really have a dog in that fight. I, I know you don't either, Kane. So, you know, that's the one thing that Wisconsin sports fans, like, don't always kind of align on. So, um but but I would say it's cool to to anytime you can get guys that that played in the state or from the state. But um, but I think it's a cool storyline. You know, it's it's very similar to George Hill. You know, where it, it felt like George Hill wasn't happy going out going out the way he did. Um, he was pretty vocal about it. I don't think West necessarily really said anything kind of bad on the way out. But you know, I I think him being benched in some of those fourth quarters uh, against the Heat, as you mentioned, uh, I'm sure that him going to the Lakers, you know, he that wasn't sort of at least somewhat on his mind and. So I think, you know, again, it, it's cool that we get to have kind of the the reunion uh, reunion vibes. And, um, you know, I, obviously, I'd, I'd love to see the Bucks win a championship regardless of, you know, who roster spots 12 through 15 go to. Um, but it, it adds kind of another little dimension here. I mean, it it would be it would be really cool if you were able to repeat to do it, get rings for a couple guys like Wes and George that were part of rebuilding this team and getting it back to this really high level. Um, and we're guys that, you know, by all accounts, were, were well liked in the locker room and, and being able to do it with them um, this year as well. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I, I mean, they're at 15 roster spots now. So uh, we'll see kind of what, what happens from here on out. Um, I will say one thing we didn't talk about the other day. Um, so I, I think uh, a couple of people I saw brought up the idea of getting a disabled player exception for Brooke. Again, this is something that you can get from the league um, if a player is expected to be out for the season. I believe I was looking at it a little bit like you have to apply for this by January 15th. Um, so I don't I don't expect anything imminent around that. Um, if you do get a, a DPE uh, awarded to you by the league, you can basically you get a salary spot for um, the lesser of essentially half the guy's salary, which in Brooks case would be a little over six million. 
um, almost seven million, or um, a uh, up to the mid level. But you know, given this case, it'd be you know something south of, of seven million dollars um, on a, a prorated basis. So um, again, I don't think anything's going to happen. I mean, I talked about watching what the Bucks do from a transactional standpoint as an indicator of what what really is going on with Brook Lopez. Obviously, if they apply for a DPE on you yeah, know yeah. early January or something, that would tell you that things are not progressing that the way they might want. Now, also should be noted, you don't get an extra roster spot for that disabled player exception, so they would have to move somebody currently on the roster in order to use that on somebody else. Um, it's also can be used like a trade exception if a guy is in his final year. So, for instance, if Brooke was out for the year, you applied for that. If you get it, you could use that to absorb Robin Lopez on his contract, just as you know. An illustration, right? Um, I don't know if the Bucks are, you know, if he would be the first guy they'd want, but you know, I mean, they know him. Clearly, the Bucks like reunions, so you know, who who would be? I can't think of anybody more fun to bring back in the event of of an unfortunate Brooks situation than than his brother. So, um, so the, just a kind of a, a, a just a side note on that. Obviously, there would be major tax implications from just adding a five million dollar salary to this team. I don't give a shit about that, right? Like, sure, pay $25 million net or whatever it might be. It wouldn't be for the full season, but, um, but you know, hey, whatever. There, there would be a lot of cost to do something like that, but that could be an option. And, you know, at the, 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 at the end of the day too, like, I mean, we don't know, right? Like, is Robin Lopez going to be traded? Is he going to be bought out after the trade deadline if they can't get something for him? Who knows, right? This is all sort of speculation at this point. So, Again, as much as I love Robin, hopefully you won't you won't need him and Brooke just comes back. But um, but yeah, there's just a lot of variables right now, unfortunately, for the Bucks with with these injuries and you know the the fact that we don't know exactly who's going to be around later in the season and with not having seen Dante at this point. But um, you know, I think as far as like short term flyers go with with veterans that you at least kind of know how they'd fit in and what they can do. Um, sure, let's let's let it ride with West Mad. Let's 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 see what he can do. Um, I think he does fit kind of a nominal need that they have. And now I, obviously the question is like, you know, can he really deliver on that? Can he still play at a high enough level to to actually justify and, and, you know, actually help you not just in the regular season, but, you know, can he actually paper out to be somebody that you'd actually want to play some number of minutes in the playoffs? That's obviously a big question. All right. Have we got anything else to add here, Frank? Do you think from the West Matthews, Yorgos Kalitsakis transaction Friday evening, news breaking I, I thought it was i thought it was interesting i was looking at wes's numbers um and it's kind of funny i mentioned you know his his sort of on off numbers were like bad in the years leading up to his 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 um year in milwaukee and then last year he, he definitely i mean his numbers generally got a bit worse in la last year um i mean again he didn't fall off the face of the earth they were like 0.3 points per possession worse defensively uh, last year in LA with him on the floor, which when you consider that was a very good defensive team, you know, I would suggest that, you know, it's not like he's suddenly become a bad defensive player. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously he has some offensive limitations. Um, but the flip side is like after watching PJ last year, right? <laughs> like we, we know the bucks can get by with a guy on offense who doesn't do a whole lot. Um, but by the same token, that player obviously also has to contribute a lot defensively. Thankfully, Wes is not being asked to go back to being a starter, but, you know, look, I mean, again, I think he's kind of an underrated part of, of, you know, the story of those first couple bud years, just coming in and, you know, being part of still that, that starting lineup. I mean, that's our lineup put it by far the best numbers of any of the starting lineups that the Bucks have had during the, the bud era. So 
we'll see. You just hope that maybe they can kind of recapture some of that. And kind of like with George Hill, you know, for some reason, something's in the water when George Hill got to Milwaukee and, you know, playing a bud system, you just hope that, that maybe you can kind of recapture some of that with, with Wes Matthews as well. By the way, I am really struggling to say Wes Matthews mm. without like flubbing it. I, apparently I just have some weird inability to do that, even though I had to say his name constantly two years ago. So uh, that, that, that's my big, uh, my big area of improvement here that, that I need to work on over this weekend, I think. Uh, back-to-back podcasts. Uh, been a while since we've had to discuss. Uh, See, now I can't talk. It's been a while since we've had to discuss Wes. So it's fine. We'll work our way back into it. There's no dramas there. Uh, should we leave it there? You get on with your Friday night. I'll, I'll get on with my Saturday. Um, that sounds like a plan. Uh, by the way, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, if you haven't already caught the conversation with Lisa Byington, make sure you go and check that out. Uh, it was a really fun part. Me and Frank were, were with Lisa. We said it was going to be 30 minutes. and ended up being close to 40. You guys know how we roll. That's just the, that, that's the way these things go. But Lisa was awesome, as we knew she would be. So make sure you check out that podcast sometime over the weekend or whenever you're listening to that. But we'll wrap it there. Uh, the Bucks have a game with the Heat coming up here. We'll be back for a post-game pod at some stage there. By the way, Giannis, Giannis right now is on the injury report as doubtful with that sore right calf, which uh, not, not, not ideal. Um, so yeah, Wes Matthews, why don't you just show up and be a, be a Giannis replacement tomorrow? How about that? Yeah, that seems fine. I think you'll be up to the challenge. There should be no problem there. <laughs> what but, could go uh, wrong? What could go wrong? But we'll be back to break down that game at some point as well. We'll leave it there for Frank and myself. Enjoy the weekend, people. We'll speak to you guys next time.